Good morning, Third Street. Sorry, that took a little bit longer to get things in place than I was anticipating. Smooth transition. Smooth <laughs> transition. First time we've used this microphone in like two years, so. Oh, you got, I didn't even realize you had the headset on. Yeah, honestly, that was just a sound check. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> I was just making sure this thing still works. It does. Good morning, Third Street. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Rachel. I'm married to him. Yeah. Amen. So we've been in this series called Shaping the Church, and what we've been looking at is very literally shapes. Uh, what we've been most focused in is actually a triangle. I can't sit. Um, so the triangle, the triangle has three points, right? Try, three, triangle. Up, in, and out. And that's what we've been focusing on is what it looks like as the church to live up, in, and out as Jesus did. This is not something that we came up with on our own. Something that we were that we learned. I distinctly remember 14, oh my gosh, I'm old. 14 years ago when I he and I were just friends. Um, and he well. we were. One of ah. one of us was just friends. Um, and I I went to church with him. Uh, I went to church with him. He invited me to go to this church, and they were talking about these things called life shapes. And it was one of the first times that the gospel actually made sense to me. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus lived in three ways. He lived up to his father in community with other believers and out in the world. And so that's what we've been talking about. And last week, KT did a really deep dive into John 15 and looking at what it means that Jesus lived up in relationship with his father, what it looks like to have an upward relationship. Because when we live as believers in this world, we live both horizontally with those among us and vertically with the father. And so Jesus, or Jesus, KT, looked at what it is to live in that upward relationship that Jesus did. And, and what these two told me that, that I was going to be talking about today was in what it looks like to be in community with other believers. And the way that I kind of prep for teaching is, uh, you know, I grew up in a house with a lot of cooking. Uh, my dad's over here, and he can, he can tell you all kinds of things about marinating. And I believe you have to marinate on the scriptures. And so what I do in preparation is I think on a passage for a really long time, and as soon as they told me that I was going to be doing in, there was a really specific passage that came to mind. And in prep... It just did not sit right with me to do this teaching alone. Because how can we talk about living in community with other believers, but then I stand up here and model a solo teaching for you? Right? That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. How can I stand up here and tell you guys about the importance of other people alone? Right? And so I asked Corey. I wasn't. I was not her first choice, though. Uh, I just want you guys to know that. Why would you do that? She didn't ask why me first. I, like, I just, I, I just needed to put that out there. I was not the first ask, but the first ask was unavailable. So she was like, "I mean, I don't know." That you didn't have to put me on blast <laughs> like that. Oh uh, no, I didn't. I asked Jordan Camwaysa first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is not a lie. What he just said. Um, but listen, what we're gonna talk about today, what we're gonna dive into is Romans chapter 16. Romans 16 is the very last chapter in the book of Romans. But it's so good. It's one of my favorites. And so uh, we're going to go right now into verse 1. This says, this is Paul. When it says I, this is Paul talking. 
Uh, it's actually Paul writing. It's Paul in his letter written to the Romans. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, and especially to me, to Paul. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all of the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend, Epinetius. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. What a thing on your resume, right? Give my greetings to Mary, who's worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. Notice this is the first time he goes out of his way to say they were Jews. They are highly respected among the apostle and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Astrolubus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Greet, give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Philegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Neresis, and his sister, and to Olympus, and to all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. Yesterday, um, yesterday I was a part of a, a, a funeral service um, for uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I, I, would, I would call him a brother. Um, his, uh, whose, whose wife uh, tragically passed way, way, way too young. Um, and yesterday, as I was going through the line, I was seeing so many faces that I hadn't seen in, in years. And I think being there and seeing so many of these faces and seeing people come out, um, and that even though we hadn't seen each other in years, there was like this bond and this common experience that it was like we just saw each other yesterday. And I know personally the comfort that that brought to, uh, to, the, uh, to my grieving brother. Um, and I know the odd comfort and peace it brought to me yesterday sitting there. Um, what I love so much about Romans chapter 16 is the fact that it didn't need necessarily to be written. Like Paul didn't need to include it. Paul had said in 15 chapters theologically all he wanted to break down and say. There was not necessarily a new point to the letter that's made in chapter 16, but chapter 16 he includes in his letter anyway. Why? Because Paul recognized that even though he came to say all that he had to say, 
that it's incomplete without the people surrounding the gospel who actually carry it out. It's incomplete for him to do this solo. As a matter of fact, what Paul recognizes by naming this long list is that even he himself, Paul, the gospel globetrotter, one of the most radical transformations and conversions we see in scripture, can't do it by himself. And there is a beautiful testament in chapter 16 to the power that community holds to rise above even the most tragic of circumstances in our world. And what we learn when we participate in that portion is that it is a deep and beautiful a part of God's infinite design. Yes, sir. What I love so much about Romans chapter 16 is not that Rachel had to read it instead of me and figure out how to pronounce those names, but rather that those names are included in the first place. Because Paul recognized as profound of a preacher and writer as he was, the gospel does not advance. The kingdom does not advance without people choosing to be a part of community and the family that Christ intended when he left this earth to see it through. So one of the first people that we encounter in this list from Paul is a woman named Phoebe. It's really, really interesting to me that Paul writes down Phoebe's name. There's a lot of nameless women in Scripture. Does anybody know the name of the woman who anoints Jesus' feet? Exactly, because it's not there. There's so many unnamed women, but not only is Phoebe named, but Phoebe is named first. So what can we learn from diving deeper into why Phoebe is first and why her name is listed? Here's the thing. Back then, they didn't have telephones, right? Rome at this point had like, like the, the ability to even travel between cities and the road system and the trade routes and all that stuff is like kind of a little bit new at that point. There's no phones, so they sent letters. It's why we have all these letters in the New Testament, right? Because they had to send letters, they got recorded, they got canonized, and now we have them. So Phoebe was a letter carrier in this instance. Not just anyone got to do that. It's believed amongst people who write all these commentaries on, on scripture and people who have, who have devoted their lives into studying even just like one line in the Bible. It's believed that Phoebe was a businesswoman. And what we know from what Paul wrote is that she was a deacon. That means she was somebody who served in the church and she was somebody that held a ranking position in the early church. And so Paul sent Phoebe with this letter. Well, what does a letter carrier do? They don't just walk up to Rev and be like, I got a letter. What they would do is they would take the letter and they would read the whole thing. So Phoebe was literally the first person to ever read and communicate Romans. So what we read and what we regard as like the New Testament explanation of the law, what we, what we understand is like how the early church learned how to function, about how they, how they learned to understand the connection between the Old Testament and the New. Because Paul, remember, he calls himself the Jew of all Jews. He says, I have more reason to have confidence in myself than anybody else. And I count it all as worthless, right? That's in Philippians. 
Paul who writes that, who goes and, and writes down everything throughout the book of Romans, what we know as the book of Romans, it was first communicated by a woman named Phoebe. She was the first person to preach Romans. And Phoebe, when she delivered that letter, she was considered an extension of Paul. Because when the person who wrote the letter sent someone to deliver the letter, they trusted that person's character and who they were to communicate on their behalf and answer any questions. So that means when Phoebe delivered this letter to the Romans, to the church in Rome, Paul trusted who she was to speak and communicate on his behalf. That's crazy. You know why that's crazy? Because women didn't get to do that. Women didn't even get their names written down. So Rufus's mom is Rufus's mom, right? She's known for naming her kid Rufus and being a nice mom to Rufus and, and, and by extension, a mom to Paul. That's what we know about her. But we know that Phoebe was held in high regard that Paul said, love her, respect her, honor her, give her everything she needs, and hear her. So the thing that I want us to take away, because this is just verse one, the thing that I want us to take away, the main point of this section is like, is don't just be present. Actually participate. Don't just be present in your church. Actually participate. Because here's the thing, Phoebe would have had every reason to just be present. Culturally, she was not allowed to do things. By Jewish law, she was not allowed to do things. Simply because of who she was as a woman, culturally in that time, she was expected to be present, to be quiet, to marry a man and to give him sons, not daughters, just sons. That was the expectation of her she was known as a businesswoman. She was a deacon. She preached the gospel in Rome because God had more for her and for her life than just being present. He wanted her to participate. He wanted her to participate in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ in this world. And that is the expectation of every single one of you. You are not here this morning to just be present. You are not here this morning just to listen to some good music, have your ears tickled by a, by a pastor, and then go home about your day, and then maybe show up next Sunday if it feels good in your schedule. That's not what God has for your life. He has a plan and a purpose for your life, and you are born and called and here and present to do more than just be here. If you woke up this morning, if you have breath in your lungs, then God still has a purpose for your life. And it, it is for more than just existing. Could you imagine if Phoebe just existed? We wouldn't even be having this discussion today if that had been the path that she had chosen. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully, of course. Y'all thought, thought the, uh, the aggressive preaching stopped with me in our house. Pray for our kids. Yeah, no, for sure do that. Um, so here at, at Third Street, you know, we, uh, we believe uh, theologically uh, in a really big box 
uh, on, on a whole lot of things, but there, is, there are a few things that we're really specific on, and this, is, this touches on something very specific. It's that as, as a part of Christ's body, I don't read anywhere in any writing of Scripture uh, where there is an idle member of the body. I don't, I don't see biblically where you can base your idea of, well, I, like I'm here, so like that counts like for something, but like that's the extent of that is like good enough. Uh, I would welcome anybody to, to come and challenge that idea because, um, because the reality is it's, it's not there, right? So at Third Street, there's a lot of ways that we talk about constantly that we want the body to be moving. As a matter of fact, Peter talks about it in this regard in one of his letters. He talks about the church as he, he's, he's like, if Christ is a cornerstone and he has evangelized you to also be a stone, don't think of yourself as this immovable rock. Think of yourself as what Peter calls a living stone, Come on. right? It's this idea that, Peter understands it's natural for us to think me putting myself here in position of this building is good enough. But Peter challenges that idea theologically and philosophically, philosophically, ecclesiologically with, no, 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 if you are a stone, it's more like you're one that breathes, right? You're one that actually moves. If the church is a building, it better be on wheels, right? It moves, right? And so one of the things that we uh, have, have harped on the last several weeks at Third Street is this idea of join a huddle. And I'm sure by now you're so sick of us saying join a huddle. But do it. Yeah, do it, right? I'm sure you're sick. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. I'm sure by now you expect it to be included in the announcements. And you may be thinking to yourself like, wow, attendance must be really low if they're still pushing this event. No, because it's not an event. And we are actively working behind scenes to create more room for more of you because this is the way that you become a part of the body. I hear questions all the time. Oh, does Third Street have membership? Or how do I really like get in? Or like, how do I be a part of the body, right? Like, oh, so should I show up for the leagues? Yeah, that actually would be dope. But we'll talk more about that next week. Specifically, the best way for you to be involved and be a part of things is to join a huddle is to get into the living room of some people that, uh, that, that the Lord has determined in this space are meant to steward and shepherd all of us, right? The idea of that might be difficult for a lot of reasons, right? I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We all got these walls of self-preservation. Candace said this morning, she's like, I got here, I knew I was meant for leadership, but Man, I don't know about having these people in my living room, right? She said it nicer than that, but I knew that's what was in her heart. She's like, some of y'all, you know, I see the way you come in. I don't know if I want that in my living room. I get it. Ah, you know, it's tough. That's twice. But I think that, I think that, um, I think that that is the way that we get included, Right? And so there is this wall there that's real. Like, I don't know if I want to go to somebody's house or I don't know if I really like know these, person, these, these people uh, all, all really like that. Um, but the reality is when we are disciplined and take the bold step of faith to step into a place 
into a part of the body that is trying to include us, God is even more faithful to us to answer every fear, every worry, every concern, and sees to it that what he has intricately designed you to do is enhanced and empowered and enabled starting with that space. This is not just a way for us to give us all something to do in the middle of the week. God knows we don't need another thing to do in the middle of the week. But this is an act of faith and boldness to say, I want to be included in the body. I want to live amongst people. And it's something that Jesus did himself. I want to live amongst people who are going to support me and challenge me and be, and, and I'm going to bring what I believe God has designed me to bring. That is a step of faith. That is what it means to be included. And that's only point one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you, you're going to regret team teaching with me. I'm not. Uh, so what about the rest of the people in that list? What about the rest of them? There's a few names that we might recognize, right? We might recognize Priscilla and Aquila. We might recognize Junia, if you've read the rest of the, the letters in the New Testament, because they get shout-outs in other places. But the rest of the people on that list, let me tell you all, I did a lot of digging, and I still don't know who they are because they're not anywhere else. They're not anywhere else. But what, what I did find... What I did find is this really interesting Greek word that I'm going to butcher because I'm not Greek. Um, echo paisin. Echo paisin is the word. Is that, did I do it good? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounded right. Uh, that's the word that Paul uses when he refers to their work. And it's this word that means working hard, working very, very hard. And Paul uses it about his own ministry specifically in apostolic ways, in evangelism, and in building the church. And that's the word that he uses in Greek about all of them. This is Paul, who we know so much about, who wrote so many of these letters. And he's equating the work of all these people that we don't know a thing about with his. It would be like if I was going to write a letter about Third Street to somebody, there is a 100% chance that in that letter I would reference the homemade jalapeno poppers of Joanna Escobar and what they can do. They're so good. They're so good. Listen, they brought our huddle to life and not because they were spicy. Like they were so good because that matters. Because it matters. Opening your doors and welcoming people in matters. Showing up at things like the Christmas shop and wrapping presents matters. Acts of hospitality matter. You want to know something? All this stuff that we're talking about today, these things that I'm telling you about people in this chapter and these words that I didn't know how to pronounce and I was literally trying to find it on Google and nobody could tell me how to say a word in Greek, right? Like, I didn't learn any of that stuff in seminary. There is nothing that I am saying to you today that you could not find out for yourself by buying a book that I have in my bag that I got on Amazon. 
right? You got to look for credible sources. That's what seminary taught me. It taught me how to figure out credible sources. It taught me how to figure out if somebody's legit. It taught me how to dive deep into the right questions to ask in scripture. It's what we talked about in Bible 100. Every single person that came to Bible 100 this summer, they know how to dive into scripture the same way I do. You can go talk to Joey over here, who I love and had so much fun with in Bible 100, him and Lynn. Listen, you can sit down with them and they can tell you how to dive into scripture. They know how to do it because there's nothing in 2023 that is inaccessible to you. Ignorance is not an excuse in 2023. That was not in the notes. I'm sorry. Um, but listen, I know I saw you. Listen, the second thing I want you to take away today is that your contribution matters. Your contribution matters. Us sitting up here with a microphone is no more important than anything that you will do. Us having a microphone is no more important than your kindness to people that you meet because your life is a representation of Christ. And that is what Romans 16 tells us. Every single one of those people was living their lives in daily dedication and an understanding that their contribution matters. It doesn't matter anything that you have done in your life. It doesn't matter what your past might say. It doesn't matter what your fears might tell you. It doesn't matter what hurts you have experienced. What matters is that you are bold enough to contribute. And sometimes contributing is just opening your mouth and being honest. Sometimes contributing is just dropping your walls of self-preservation, as Corey was mentioning. Sometimes contributing is just engaging in worship. Sometimes contributing is showing up for the leagues and running stats. Because you know what? I can't contribute in that way. Nobody wants me to run stats. Listen, I'm blind in one eye. I'm not going to be able to see what's happening on the court. Nobody wants me to do that. That is for somebody else. Imagine if everyone in Romans 16 had just said, I'm going to wait because somebody else will probably do it. I know that's what people are doing with our kids' classes on Sunday mornings when they're not volunteering, but we're not going to go there right now. I'm sorry, I am going to go there. I have fun in kids' classes. I ripped my pants last time I was volunteering. I just ripped them all the way down, and the whole pre-K class was laughing at me, and I was like, Deshaun was in there. It happens. Right? We have fun. We get a little bit wild in there. So quit waiting for somebody else to say yes when the yes is in your heart. Why are you waiting? And what are you waiting for? Because, listen, when I was diving in, I want to read this phrase properly. When I was diving in on this, one of the commentaries that I found about Romans 16, it said, their work for Christ is a communal fount of joy. Their work for Christ is a communal fount of joy. Imagine what the church would look like if we viewed our work as a communal fount of joy. Imagine if we engaged in scripture, if we jumped in huddles, if we participated in worship, if we showed up for our community with the mentality that it was a communal fount of joy, that this is not a self-serving and settling for happiness instead of joy. This isn't a self-serving water fountain. This isn't your water bottle. This isn't your Stanley cup, right, that you came walking in with. Your Stanley cup can only serve you. A communal fount of joy can serve everybody. Imagine if we engaged in the church, not from a self-preserving and allowing storing up wealth to replace joy, 
Because, right, you can, feel, you can feel a little proud of yourself when you're like, man, I saved that money from last paycheck. I didn't go to Target. Good for you. Great. I'm so glad that you did that because stewardship is important. But that's storing up, and that's not the same as joy. Imagine if we engaged not as self-indulgent and mistaking the temporary highs of gluttony as joy. Because I know I love sharing a table with people. I'm Italian, if you can't tell. (laughs) Right? I love to share meals with people. I love to sit down across from people. But the temporary high of a really good cannoli is not the same as joy. Right? They're not the same. Imagine... If we engage with the mentality of a communal fount of joy instead of this, you do you, live your truth thing, because I don't know if you know this, but your truth is nothing more than a perspective. It's nothing more than some of your experience. God's truth is the only truth. God's truth is the only truth that is going to set you free. You living your truth is not going to set me free. That's just going to make you feel better in an argument. God's truth is the only truth. So imagine if we lived from that perspective. Imagine if we actually sought out a communal, communal fount of joy, believing that our contributions matter instead of just living in the things that are going to make us feel the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. What a different in with other believers experience we might have. Yeah. And just for the record, Rachel owns like 12 Stanley Cups. I, I didn't buy any so of them. Like, I got two so and like, they don't, were gifts. Like, don't let her go that hard on you. I do love like, it though. It's a good you know. cup. I, hit it, I run it into everything, but yeah. it's a good cup. And they don't fit in cabinets. But I just... <laughs> it's turquoise. I, I, just, I, just, I just needed to put that out there. The reality of the way that Christ intended and designed his church post his ascension is that uh, is for us to intentionally include every voice because the only way Christ is fully represented, the image of God is fully present, is if every piece of his design is included, right? That's the beautiful part of the way that Christ intended this is that we actually need in order to be more Christ-like, in order to be more God-informed, more theologically informed in our care, more appropriate in our care. We all know what it looks like when somebody cares for something that they know nothing about, right? Like we all know what that looks like. It's awkward and uncomfortable for everybody. We actually need every piece in order to have informed care. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, this is a great talk for members of Third Street. I need you to hear that you were put here this morning for a reason and that this talk includes you, right? This includes you. We need every piece of the Imago Dei, every piece of the image of God. And for us, you know, I know it's easy for us to get into the mindset of, well, my one piece, even at its best, doesn't actually impact the whole, right? And I'm not, this is, you know, I get it. I get where it comes from. I get systemically where it comes from, right? But I need you to know that 
that breaks down when you peek behind the scenes and realize the structures and strategies that this church has been intentional about building. You may not necessarily see this, but every leader of a huddle, every person on staff, and every volunteer team leader gathers at our house once a month, every Friday night. That means that your voice that is represented to that person is physically present in our living room once a month, every Friday night. That means that your contribution is seen. Your contribution is heard. Your contribution is what shapes these leaders' uh, opinions and approach and their opinions and approach alongside their prayer and spirituality and discernment is what shapes the church. We do, we make the decisions. Am I tripping KT? Am I tripping on this, right? Should I pull it back? Okay. We make the decisions that we make based on what God is doing in all of your lives, based on the sense, and it's not an accident. This isn't in the notes. It's not an accident that the very giftings, spiritualities, skill sets, and heartbeat passions that are gathered in this room happen to match the very needs that our community around us is experiencing, is desperate for. The very things that has been labeled in this community, causing it to be considered a food desert, a healthcare desert, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are literally met within the contributions and the God wiring of each and every individual in here. So respectfully and lovingly, get out of here with your contribution doesn't matter, right? It shapes this place. This is what God uses to move this place. All right, All right we got one more section of Romans that I wanna hit today. This is uh, verse 17. This is picking up exactly where we left off. This is the very next thing. So right after Paul talks directly to them and names some specific people in their community, he says, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy, and I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. What I want you to hear in this last section, very simply, one word, is stay. Stay. Stay where God has you. Just to be all the way real with you, we've been, so we've been in ministry together for roughly 14 years now. We've been in this very building since, what, 2011. We've been in this building since, 20, we got it the, the, year, we, the year we were engaged. Um, 2011, 
we got the keys to this building. And ministry started right off the bat in here, alongside the Kemwesas and Nate. And it was wild. And, and since then, since that point, Third Street became an official church. We had Sunday morning services. It was in uh, October 2016. I know because Third Street's the same age as our second kid, right? It's the same age as Kaylee. So in this long amount of time, a lot has happened. And when you are the pastor's wife, you don't just experience things once, you experience them twice. You experience them once when they happen to you. And then you experience them again when they happen to him. So every, every hurt, every valley, every low that I have experienced, he has experienced, and vice versa. And so when we're talking about in and we're talking about, about being in community with other believers, I can tell you there's a lot of times I wanted to give up and leave, but you, you, don't, you don't get to do that when you're married to the pastor. You don't get to find another church when somebody's talking crazy about you and your husband because you run it, right? I know I love him, but I know that some people don't. And I also know... I, I also know that there's a lot of people who also take issue with me because there's different interpretations of Scripture. And so to a lot of people, I shouldn't be allowed to do the things that Third Street allows me to do. But thank God that we are in a church that has a right view of people like Phoebe. That's what I would say. You know, and so the thing I want to tell you is Stay. Fight through the hard because I cannot imagine how much worse off my life and my family would be if I hadn't. I can't imagine how much harder my life and my family would be if I'd have looked at him and I'd have been like, we're out. We're done. I can't do it again. And believe me, because I've tried to put walls up. I have. I've tried to put a real hard way to connect with me around me because of the way that I've been hurt over the years of leading this body of believers alongside him. But I mean it with my whole heart when I say to you, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Because just like Paul writes in the very end of that, he says, he says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And with all my heart, I know that to be true. Because as our worship team sings all the time, if it's not good, then God's not done. Because God doesn't leave you in the middle. God doesn't forsake you in the middle. God doesn't abandon you when things feel hard. Actually, if you look for him, he's so kind in that time. The character of God can be trusted. And you know why I know that? Because it's the same in 2023 as it was in the Garden of Eden. And when we stop fighting for the Garden of Eden, then we have quit. God has not. When we leave and we give up, we have left. God has not. Because God is omnipresent. And if he is omnipresent and we subscribe to the belief that God is in all things and through all things and that he is everywhere on this earth, and if we actually believe verse 1 of Genesis where it says the Spirit of God was hovering over 
over the waters, then the Spirit of God that, that was present at the creation and the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit of God that is in Third Street Community Church in 2023. And if we quit and if we leave and if we give up, instead of staying and fighting through the hard, we quit, God didn't. We just didn't stay until it was done. Don't quit before it's done. Stay. Fight through the hard. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely times in your life where God says, dust your feet and move on. And do you know how to know the difference between when you dust your feet and move on and when you stay? It's developing a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and a maturity to discern the difference between your feelings and the Spirit of God. Because your feelings will lie to you. But the Spirit of God will never lie because God is not a man that he should lie. Amen. Mm And so we have got to discern the Spirit of God, and we have got to stay long enough to see the God of peace crush Satan under our feet. I think for a lot of us, that's a, you talked about steps of faith. That's a step of faith that God is asking a lot of people in our congregation, in our community to take right now. Um, Because the reality of what Rachel's talking about takes a whole lot of maturity. Uh, that takes that takes a ho- a whole lot of like that's that's grown folk decisions right there like that's tough because if you look around this room and don't do it because you'll naturally draw eye contact from the person that you can't stand if you look around <laughs> this room oh, Betty. there's well I'm just just being serious um, I'm only serious it's if you look around this room it's a lot of it's a lot of different perspectives in here it's a lot of it's a lot of different upcomings. It's a lot of different uh, come-uppings, right? It's a lot of different. Uh, it's a lot of different perspectives. It's different generations in here. I'm looking at three at least, right? Up oh, four, found one, right? <laughs> Frick, five if you count if you count back there, right? Like, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on in this place. It is inevitable. Can I just release the pressure right now? It's inevitable to find somebody in this room that annoys you. Or at the very least, if you're not willing to say, nobody annoys me, I love everybody, you're better than me, okay? At the very least, somebody who infringes upon your sensibilities. At the very least, right? At the very least. I know, I know of a story. I won't be specific. I'll protect identities involved. Katie, you, 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 can, you can get me in trouble for this after the fact, right? Because you know, you know, no, I'm not talking about you. But you know a story I'm about to tell. Um, I know somebody, we heard, a, we heard a testimony just this week, just this month. Uh, part one was this month, part two was this week. Um, we heard a testimony of somebody who was very honest with us uh, about their view of huddles. Uh, very honest about what their own experience within, within huddles was. And very honest about the fact that they weren't a fan right? They weren't a fan. They don't, uh, they would not have preferred to stay apart, right? But thank God for the maturity of this individual, because this individual heard from the Spirit of the Lord that they were testing this individual's staying power, right? Their own maturity. And this individual stayed for the duration of the entire huddle, And what God showed them was that their sensitivities were much more about what was happening out in the world than it was what was actually happening 
in the space of their huddle. And what God was trying to do in the space of their huddle was challenge and encourage them in ways that they had yet to be spiritually formed. And that story came to us a few weeks ago up until this week. We had a, conver- a second conversation with that individual and said, hey, you can be moved, right? We can, we can try a different space. And they said, absolutely not. I will be staying exactly where I was originally placed. That is a level of maturity that I even looked at KT and Jada and I said, straight up, I don't even know if I have that level of maturity, right? It's, 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 a, different, it's a different discipline. But when you are faithful to see through a season what God is trying to do in your life, he is faithful to let that return to you tenfold, right? He is taking you through something that we can't go through on our own. If you hear nothing else today, then I hope that you hear this. Go read Romans 16. I know we read the majority of it together. We did. But take it home and marinate on it. Because first off, better food is marinated. But so is better scripture. Take it home with you and let it speak to you. Because when we talk about shaping the church and we talk about up, in, and out, you can't do in without other people. I'm an introvert. I understand the joy of being alone. Hallelujah. My kids start school tomorrow. (laughs) I understand. I understand. But you need other people. Because if you say, I, I, I don't need to go to church because I got me and I got Jesus and I know how to read the Bible. Well, good. You got great up. Also, and- you don't know how to read the Bible if, that's, if you think that that's acceptable. <laughs> that's for free. She got a couple in. I had to get one. That's for free. Come to Bible 100. I love teaching it. Uh, but no, for real. You've got, you've got great up and you've learned how to hear from the Holy Spirit and you've had, learned how to discern when God is speaking to you, but you need other people with you because you need someone who's physically got your back. You need someone that you can text when you're like, man, I'm going through it. You need somebody that you can text, that you can call, that's going to be with you because otherwise you are going to feel isolated and alone. And if that is you, if what I'm saying sounds like you, then come talk to us. Go pray with one of the people that's about to be standing around the room. Join a huddle. We've said it a lot of times. Join a huddle. Join in here throughout the week. And listen, spirit, like your, your walk with, with Christ is not a one-size-fits-all. There's going to be something that you love to do. There's going to be an activity that you love to do. There's going to be something in the body of Christ that you love to do that I don't. Praise God for it. Because every single one of us, as we said earlier, our contribution matters. And so what I want you to hear today is be bold enough to participate. Be confident enough to contribute. And stay with the trust that the God of peace is fighting both for you and with you as you do all of that.